What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Next Level Freedom Church podcast. My name is Trenton Cruz. I'm the lead pastor of Next Level Freedom Church in Jackson, Missouri. If you're seeking a church family that can help you grow in your relationship with Christ, or maybe you just want to check us out online, be sure to check out our website, www.nextlevelfreedomchurch.com. I hope today's episode will inspire you and encourage you as you fulfill the destiny God has for your life and fulfill your divine purpose in God's master plan. Thanks for tuning and God bless. How's everybody doing? Good to see all y'all out this morning. Early birds. I'm so, 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 Nate. You're tired, buddy. So uh, welcome back. Those of you tuning online, let me go ahead and welcome you. My name is Trenton Cruz. I'm the lead pastor of Next Level Freedom Church right here in Jackson, Missouri. We thank you so much for tuning with us online this morning, but what we want to do is invite you to come on out and join us next Sunday morning at 9 a.m. or this Wednesday night at 7 p.m. We would love to have you and your families and pray with you about any needs you may have in your lives. But thank you so much for tuning online, but we need to get you in the house. It's just not the same watching a video as it is when God's moving in the house. So uh, let me go ahead and just say thanks for tuning, though. And those of you here, welcome back. Thanks for getting here early on a Sunday morning. Can't wait to get going. Me and God had a good old prayer time this morning here, and I mean, I'm just excited to see what God's going to do today and in the coming weeks and months and years that are yet upon us. So, uh, but we've been talking about, and we're actually going to be wrapping up this series, Next Level Values, this week, and we've been talking about the values we have here as a church and values that you have in your everyday life, because whether you realize it or not, you've got values, and we talked a little bit about it the last couple of weeks. The best way to determine what your values are is to take a look at your checkbook and take a look at your planner. Because the things you spend your money doing and your time on, I might have said that backwards, spend your money on and your time doing, I said that backwards the first time, those are your values, whether you know it or not. So uh, we pray if you're a believer and you're in covenant with God on your finances that the first value we'd see in your checkbook would be you're giving God his 10% that goes to him. It belongs to him anyway, and he gives you, think about it, 90%, right? Amen. Of what's left. That's a whole lot because he could take it all, right? But God doesn't like that. I mean, God's not like that. He's He just asked for 10%. And then what you're doing, though, is when you understand that, we'll do a series on this later to help you explain because it will help you with your finances as well, is when you're sowing into what God gives you, you're sowing into his covenant that he gives you in Micah where he talks about, test me in this. Test me in this and see if I won't pour out a blessing and I don't have the exact wordings. I should have pulled it up, but I didn't. That you won't be able to contain, though. And God makes a promise with that. So that's why we honor him with that. But uh, we've been talking about our values. And I just want to go ahead and start by reading our mission statement here as we get started again today. Our mission is to effectively lead a generation of believers to a closer relationship with God through discipleship training, athletics, entertainment, business, family, and in all walks of life. This will be accomplished by giving people the opportunity to freely worship God through the exercising of their gifts and effectively, we talked about that word a couple of weeks ago, sharing Jesus Christ with others. 
Because it's one thing to be a Christian, and it's one thing to be an effective Christian. Because if you're not an effective Christian, you're not doing anything. You're just claiming the title Christian. But effective Christians share the message God, share what God has done with them, invite people to church, tell people about Jesus, lead them to Jesus on the spot. We have a website where you can do that if you need help walking through it. Go to nextlevelfreedomchurch.com. Go across at the top in the menu bar. There's a, there's a link that says The Road to New Life. That website was designed to walk you through the process if you need help leading someone to the Lord. So that make sure you make a mental note of that. But all those words can be summed up into five words, which are reaching others where they're at. That's what we're about. And I hope that by the end of this series, you've memorized that. So when someone says, well, what's Next Level Freedom Church about? You can say reaching others where they're at. That's what we're about. That's our church value. Uh, that's Our values all center around that. That's our vision statement. So uh, we've been in Philemon couple of few weeks ago now you know Philemon's in there a few weeks ago some of you were like that's in the bible Philemon and our key verse there that we're going to be looking at today is verse 7 but we're going to read go ahead and read the key passages we've been looking at and that's verses 4 through 7 if you're looking for a chapter there's only one so you can say Philemon chapter 1 if you want to it makes you feel better but it's just verses Verses 4 through 7 says, I always thank my God as I remember you in my prayers because I hear about your love for his holy people and your faith in the Lord Jesus. I pray that your partnership with us in the faith may be effective in deepening your understanding of every good thing we share for the sake of Christ. Your love has given me great joy and encouragement because you, brother, have refreshed the hearts of the Lord's people. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this day, Lord. We thank you for those that are here, Lord, those that will be tuning online later. And we just ask, Lord, that you speak your words through me right now, that they would not be my own. In Jesus' name, amen. And I'm reading out of the NIV for those of you in other translations. That's what I've been reading for this whole series. And we've been breaking these verses apart over the last three weeks. This will be the fourth week. And today we're going to wrap it up by taking a look at verse 7, which said, Your love has given me great joy and encouragement because you, brother, have refreshed the hearts of the Lord's people. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, Amen. <clears throat> so we've got four values we've been talking about over the last four weeks. People, family, worship, and this week we're going to be talking about empowerment. Empowerment of the Holy Spirit. Baptism of the Holy Spirit, you've heard it referred to, but there's an extra empowerment there, but that's not our only definition for empowerment here. We want to give you opportunities to serve in God's house using the gifts God has given you that nobody else has. That's empowerment too, because you're empowering people to use their gifts. Use their gifts. But we're going to be talking about that Holy Spirit empowerment this morning. And if you take a look at Matthew chapter 3, verse 11, check out what this says. It says, I baptize you with water. For repentance, this was John the Baptist talking. <clears throat> this is when he was baptizing in the wilderness. Wilderness, sorry. He said, but after me comes one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Fire, that's what we're going to be talking about today, getting that fire and that Holy Spirit. So it, it's more than just a water baptism you got to be baptized in the Holy Spirit as well if you want to reach everything God has for you. Now, we want to go ahead and let you know up front, salvation is a whole separate thing. When you ask Christ into your heart, you mean it, you live it, you're saved. 
Nothing takes away that opportunity for you to go to heaven. You get baptized to show the rest of the world that you've been saved. But the baptism of the Holy Spirit is for empowerment. Because as a disciple of Christ, you have power that's been given to you. And we're going to talk about that power this morning. And you have authority that's been given to you. Acts chapter 1 is where we're going to be landing, and we'll do part of chapter 2 today. We're going to kind of jump around. But it says on verse 4, Acts 1, 4, it says, On one occasion while he was eating with them, let's talk about Jesus right before he left, he gave them this command, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized you with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. So here's what I want you to understand as we get ready to talk about this. Point number one this morning, empowerment is for the believer. If you've already received Christ, you've already been saved, maybe you've been water baptized, maybe you haven't, whatever you need to be water baptized next. But then there's a power that he wants to give you that he gives you once you become a believer. And Jesus is telling them here, don't leave Jerusalem, but wait. There's that W word. It's almost like a curse word sometimes, right? You're standing there, and you maybe God's given you something in your heart, and he says, wait. God, I'm ready to go right now, right? Wait. And that's that waiting time that is your preparation time that we've talked about in this house several times. But empowerment is for the believer. Acts chapter 8, check out what this says. How do we back up the fact that you're already saved when you receive this? Look at this. It says, Acts chapter 8, verses 14 to 20 says, When the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, hmm, those are the half-breeds, remember? We talked about them earlier this year, um, that the Jews didn't like, and they didn't like the Jews either, but now they've accepted the word of God, all right? So here's what happened. They sent Peter and John to Samaria. When they arrived, they prayed for the new believers there that they might receive the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit had not yet come on any of them. They had simply been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Say what? It seems to be indicating something a little bit different here, right? Because this says they were already believers. They'd been baptized in water baptism, but they had not yet received the Holy Spirit and the power that comes with them. So John and Peter are going to check this out and get it to them, right? It's because it had not yet come upon them. Verse 17 says, Then Peter and John placed their hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. And when Simon saw that the Spirit was giving at the laying on of the hands of the apostles, he offered them Money. Now, this isn't Simon Peter. This is talking about Simon the sorcerer. You read on up in this chapter. He's been following him around a little bit. He was a sorcerer. He was one of those guys that could swindle you out of your money. He could do some cool little illusions, magic tricks, whatever you want to call it. But he's following these guys around, and he notices something. Let's keep reading. I wanted you to understand that's not Simon Peter. It's talking about Simon the the sorcerer. When Simon saw that the Spirit was given at the laying on of the hands of the apostles, he offered them money. So something just happened. To make a fraud want to pay you for something that he just saw happen, right? Let's just keep reading here. So he offered him money, verse 19 said, and said, Give me also this ability that everyone whom I lay my hands may receive the Holy Spirit. And check out Peter's response. See, this is, this is where some people miss it. They're trying to offer out God's gifts 
at a price. Mm. Got a lot of them out there. What Peter say, verse 20? May your money perish with you because you thought you could buy the gift of God with money. Say, what? He might have had a whole lot of money, right? He might have could have set them up, right? Peter's like, you can't buy what we've got. Shame on you for thinking so. May you die with your money. Whoa, that was hardcore, right? Woo. Simon probably thought he could get in on some of that. I give them a little bit of money. Maybe they'll give me that power. That's not something you can buy. God's gifts are free. He gives them out freely to his church so that we can represent him properly on this planet while we're here and in the earth so that other people can come in and receive God's power. Moving on to verse 6 there of Acts chapter 1. It says, And then they gathered around him and asked, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? And he said to them, is it, not for, or it is not for you to know the times and dates the Father has set by his own authority. But you will receive, everybody say power. That's what that word is right there. We're going to talk about that in a minute. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria to the ends of the earth. And after he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid him from their sight. And they were looking up intently, or intently up, into the sky as he was going. And when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus, who has been taken from you into heaven, will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. So point number two this morning before we start talking about this is empowerment takes preparation. Too many people are standing around looking up. What? Jesus just come, right? We're standing in this world. Jesus is saying, I got some stuff I need you to do first. He's coming back. Brett talked about this. I didn't even know this was going to tie in. Last Wednesday, Brett talked about this. He's coming back for a glorious church. He's not coming one for one that's beat up, broke down, and ain't got any power. Because Jesus said, now if you believe the words of Jesus, Jesus said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. We got too many Christians walking around with no power. Because they haven't asked for it. They think, they, and it's, it's funny because, and I've heard pre- other preachers talk about this, including my pastor. It's funny because people will believe in the greatest power of all, salvation, that you can be saved by the sacrifice Jesus gave and be saved and on your way to heaven. But when it comes to the little stuff, well, what do you mean little stuff, Pastor? Well, if he's, he told us to go heal the sick, right? So we should be out here with power, exercising authority, laying hands on the sick and seeing them recover. We're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about it. But there's too many Christians that are just looking up for the return of Jesus instead of paying attention to the world around them and reaching them. Me and God were talking this morning. I'm more excited to stay here than I am to go. Oh, heaven's going to be great, but there's a job I got to do here first. And while I'm here with every breath I've got, I want to be speaking his kingdom. So what did the two angels of the two men in white say to them? What are you standing around here for? Get to work. What? That's basically what he said. I can read it if it makes you feel better. Men of Galilee, why do you stand here looking into the sky? Why do you keep looking to the skies for the return of Christ? you got a job to do while you're here. Has anybody looked around the world lately? It's pretty dark. 
We're the light in that world. Now, there is a lot of good things happening. I'm not even going to say because the news won't talk about that stuff. But there's a lot of good things God's doing right now. Through the church that is rising up and exercising their power and authority that God has given them. This same Jesus who has been taken from you, he's going to come back. Don't worry about when. Do your job. Get out there and tell others about what he told you to do. He said, go. Jesus didn't say, now he did tell them to wait till they got the Holy Spirit, but he didn't say just wait. He said, go. Remember the Great Commission? Go ye therefore into all the world. Right? That's what we're supposed to be doing. But empowerment takes preparation. You got to have a preparation time. Uh, verse 4, remember, Jesus used the do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. We don't always like that word wait. Well, that means I can't have it right now. No, just wait. But during your waiting time is the time to be preparing for the time that's coming. If you know what God's given you, you're preparing while you're in your waiting season. That's not wasted time. Preparation time is not wasted time. The only way it becomes wasted time is if you don't prepare. Then suddenly God's ready to use you, but you're not ready. Right? There's a story in scriptures. Now, I really wanted to hit on this word dunamis. I don't know if we're going to get a chance to do that this morning. But uh, there's a story of a guy named Cornelius, and uh, he had a dream about uh, the apostle Peter. Well, at the same time, it was crazy because Peter's on his roof, and he has a vision. And there's a sheet with all this different unclean food on it. And God says, take it and eat. Peter said, no, no, I've never done anything like that. Why would I do that? And God said, don't make filthy what I've made clean. He's talking about the Gentiles because Cornelius was a Gentile and he had just sent for Peter. And while Peter's there, they spoke to him and told him that he'll be at the door. And he goes down, answers the door. Peter goes with them. I want you to go back and read. That's in Acts chapter 10. If you want to read the whole story, I want you to go back and read it. I encourage you to read it. It's a good story. But here's what happened when Peter came because empowerment takes preparation. He was telling Peter the Gentiles are getting this, too. It's not just Jews anymore. Acts 10, 44 to 46 says, while Peter was still speaking, this is after he got there, he was speaking to the people, telling them about Jesus. The Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. The circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on the Gentiles. This is before the Jerusalem Council, which is in your book of Acts, where they had to talk about what do we do with the Gentiles, Right? And that's where we talk about baptism is the new circumcision and all that. All right, but that's a whole different, we won't go there today. The circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even to the Gentiles, for they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm sure glad I'm a Gentile that's going to heaven. Because remember, the Jews were waiting on a Jewish Messiah. The Jews were God's chosen people. But see, God's power is so powerful, he's able to save those that aren't Jews too. Amen. Amen. If you're a Gentile, which is, unless you got Jew in your blood this morning, pretty much everybody here. Amen. Nate's a Gentile. All right. Can we take a look? I'm going, oh man, this is going, I hope I don't have to break this up in the next week. I'm going to watch my time. Oh, I got time. I'm good. I'm good. Check this out. That word power there, when he talks about you'll receive power. 
when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. It's in verse 8 of Acts 1. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. This is what Jesus said. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Now, we, now if you want to look up that word dunamis, that's where we get our root word for our word dynamite, all right? We don't just talk about that. Dunamis is a Greek word, and it means power in our language. But check out what else it means. It means strength, power, ability, inherent power, power residing in a thing by virtue of its nature or which a person or thing exerts and puts forth. Check this out. Power of performing miracles. I'm not making this up. This is what the word means. Power for performing miracles, moral power, and excellence of soul, the power of influence, power and influence. If the church is doing what they're supposed to be doing, they're influential. Other people want what they've got because they've seen the power. The power is there for the unbeliever to see what God can do. Power and influence which belongs to riches and wealth. Power and resources arising from numbers. Power consisting in or resting upon armies, forces, and hosts. If you're in God's army and you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit, you got power. So why do we walk around acting like we got no power. We, you know, a person walks up to you, got a demon. You got the power to cast that thing out, but instead we get scared and run from it. What's that? I don't remember how many of y'all was here on Wednesday night, but we're going to get to see the manifestation of demons in this house. Is that going to freak you out? Or are you going to stand boldly and cast them out with us? Because the church has got power. That's what Jesus was saying. You've got, and we remember that one part? You've got power to perform miracles. He gives you that power. You do it in the name of Jesus. We've got to continue. Verse 12. Then the apostles returned to Jerusalem from the hill called Mount of Olives, a Sabbath day walk from the city. And when they arrived, they went upstairs to a room where they were staying. Those present were John, Peter, James, and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James, son of Alphaeus, and Simon, the zealot, and Judas, son of James. Just for clarity, that's not Judas Iscariot. That's a different Judas that followed Jesus. Jesus is dead by this point. Judas Iscariot has hung himself. They all joined together constantly in prayer. Wow. Constantly. They went to an upper room and prayed and waited. And they joined together constantly in prayer along with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. Some people get thrown for a loop there. Jesus had brothers and sisters. Yes, he did. Jesus was the first child. Yes, he was. Because he was born from a virgin, Mary. But he had younger brothers and sisters. There's another scripture that actually specifically says not just brothers, but sisters of Jesus. Don't let that throw you for a loop because the brothers were in the house too. The brothers of Jesus. One of them wrote one of the books in your New Testament. We believe James. Actually, there was another one. Who was the other one, Brett? Oh, Jude. Yes, Jude. Brother of Jesus. James, brother of Jesus. Huh. Jude. Jude. Empowerment takes obedience. That's point number three. They were obedient. Jesus told them, go and wait. Now, that's hard to do. I get it. 
But sometimes you just got to wait. Wait on God. Jesus said, go and wait. Acts 4, 29 to 31. Now the Lord consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And after the, they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken. Now, this isn't in the upper room. This is later in Acts. I just wanted to show you something. There's power in the Holy Spirit. Because it says, after they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. Another key word. To be obedient, you got to have some boldness in you. Something shook. We've had shakings in this house. Matter of fact, one night there was literally an earthquake. It was a quick one. But while we were here praising God, there was literally an earthquake that passed through here. God's up to some stuff. And he's shaking up the church that is willing to listen and do what he's told them to do. Acts chapter 2. See, we're going to jump over to chapter 2 now. When the day of Pentecost came, so they're in this upper room. They were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. And they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. That's power. Look at your neighbor and say, that's power. Because here's the deal. Empowerment takes the Holy Spirit. It doesn't happen without the Holy Spirit. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. And in the other instance we just read about, even the ground shook. It shook. There was a shaking in the room. What did Jesus say? You will receive power. But when did he say you'd get it? When the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all of Judea and Samaria to the ends of the earth. With the Holy Spirit, we can do that. We're doing that. I invited a few people to church this week. They're just asking. They want to know what's going on. Obviously, they're not here yet, but... They've asked. So I just tell them, hey, yeah, we're over there. We're over there by Dense Makes Sense if you know where that's at. Or I'll give them the address. Let's get ready to wrap up this morning. We're going to read a little bit in Acts chapter 2. Verses 5 through 8 is where we're going to start. Then we're going to jump down to 11 to 13. Now that where they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. Now there we're staying in Jerusalem, sorry. God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. God knew when to bring this moment every nation people would come for pentecost they're here they're out there let's read on when they heard this sound a crowd came all together in bewilderment hmm so they made a noise amen some and what i mean by that is they got people's attention because each one heard their own language being spoken now check out what they say utterly amazed they asked aren't all of these who are speaking galileans or galileans however you want to say it then how is it that each of us hears them in our own native language jump down to verse 11 both jews and converts of judaism cretians and arabs we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, 
What does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said they've had too much wine. There's always going to be critics. Get ready. As God starts moving more and more in this house, as he's moving out there, there's always going to be critics. There's always going to be the people that aren't getting involved. They're just making fun. That's all they're doing. They're not interested in any of it. So they just say, oh, they must be drunk. But amazed and perplexed, those that were paying attention, what does this mean? What do we need to do? We're going to talk about what they said. But empowerment brings forth miracles, signs, and wonders. What was the miracle here? This was when they were speaking in tongues. There's a difference. Speaking in tongues, there needs to be an interpreter. Because you only speak in tongues to an audience when they can't understand you in your own language. However, praying in tongues, that's a different thing altogether. That's your prayer language to God. And I believe it's in 1 Corinthians that Paul deciphers that. I need to pull those out. But uh, So you need to understand the difference. But what's going on here is everyone's hearing in their own language what these Jewish fishermen, and not to mention Galileans, which had a name for being just the down, lower class people. That's why they're like, Aren't these all Galileans? If you, if you will present yourself that way and you'll receive the Holy Spirit and you'll have that power, people are going to start taking notice. I knew you 10 years ago. This wasn't you. Now you got an opportunity to say, well, let me tell you how I got changed. Jesus changed me. Then Peter gets up and gives his first big message. Acts 2, 14 to 21. Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice, and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. Hmm, interesting. <laughs> interesting, huh? <laughs> no, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons, your daughters will prophesy. Your men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. Anybody paying attention to what God's doing in this world? Oh, Joel is coming to pass again. Just keep listening. Verse 19, I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs. Anybody paying attention? There's been some cool stuff happening in the last 10 years. And even now. I will show wonders in the heavens above the signs on the earth below. Blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness. The moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone, what's this say? Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. I've seen some people that shouldn't be prophesying. They're prophesying, and they're nailing it. This is happening. You got, Brad just talked about a dream he had last night. Young men, men, women, seeing visions, coming. We had a lady, we, you guys were there, wandered in off the street, couldn't tell why she was here. She just knew God told her to be here. That was it. This stuff is happening, and God is pouring this out right now, and there's a lot of the church that's missing it because they're too focused on their own world, possibly, or their own issues, their own problems, or they're paying attention to what the news is lying to you about, and they're not paying attention to what God's up to. 
Jump down to verse 36. Therefore, let all of Israel, because some people ask the question, well, who gets who should get to receive this gift? Well, let's see what Peter said. We're talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit this morning. Let's keep on track. Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and to their apostles and the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? And Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And the promise is for you. Who's it for? Listen. For you and your children and for all who are afar off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. Anybody can get the gift. You got to want it. You got to ask for it. How do I get it? Well, you got to be willing to receive it. You can't let, there's fake out there. Trust me, I know. You can't let the fake spoil what's real in your life. You got to be willing to receive it. You got to ask for it. And then you got to open your mouth. What do you mean? Well, they, well what, notice every sign we've read this morning. The sign they got the Holy Spirit was they started speaking in tongues. You can't speak unless you open your mouth. So that's, why is that the sign? I don't know. That's the sign God seems to use throughout Scripture. When you get the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you start speaking in tongues, praying in tongues. Why? I don't know. Ask him when we get there. But he chooses to use that as the sign. Acts 19, verses 2 to 6, as I wrap up. He, and ask them, did you receive? Now check this out. This is Paul talking. Notice how he words this question. That's what I want you to notice. And he asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Some translation says, since you believed. And they answered, no, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. So Paul asked, then what baptism did you receive? John's baptism, they replied. Check out what Paul has to say. Paul said John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. He told the people to believe in the one coming after him, that is, in Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul placed his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them. And what did it say? They spoke in tongues and prophesied. Anytime this happens in your New Testament, tongues is always following it. I don't know why God chose to use that. But this is where the power comes from. You don't have to have it to be saved. That's not what we're saying. We've already announced that at the beginning. You can be saved without this. You ask him into your heart, that's when you get saved. You get baptized to show the world that you've been saved. This is for those that want to go deeper with God. And who wouldn't want to see that? I forgot to start with a question. I usually start this message with a question. Who wants everything God has for them? And I forgot to do that this morning. Thanks for reminding me. But it's too late now. It's done, it's done, lost, its, it's done lost its zeal or whatever word I'm looking for there. But uh, so here's what I want to encourage you with this morning, especially if you're tuning online. We're getting ready to wrap you guys up. We're going to get into some prayer time here. But uh, the church needs to be going to the next level. We can decide for those that aren't and those that are. Those that are are seeing the miracle signs and wonders right now. Those that are sitting there just looking to the skies waiting for Jesus to return are missing so many opportunities around them. God says don't keep looking up. 
Look around you. Do what I've told you to do. Go into all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things I have commanded you. And what did he say? Behold, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. He's not leaving you. Sometimes we walk away from him. If you've never received Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, that's where your journey starts this morning. You just need to ask. You say, dear Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I believe you died on the cross for me. I believe you rose on the third day, becoming victorious over death that I might live. I ask you to come into my heart. Be Lord of my life. Forgive me of all my sins. From here on out, I want to live my life for you. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for saving me. In your name I pray. Amen. Doesn't take all those words. That's just the one I have been doing for 22 years. We read it today. He who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You believe Jesus rose from the dead, you will be saved. This is what the Bible, so it takes repenting. That's what Peter said. Repent, all of you. That's where it starts. Thank you so much for joining with us online this morning. I want to say God bless you. We'll see you next week.